Today's episode will cover the likes of Trey Young's Summer League woes, Kawhi Leonard trade rumors, Zach Levine's four-year offer sheet with the Kings, the Tony Parker Hornets trade, our remaining top free agents, our 2015 draft bust steals and best players, Carmelo Anthony, and Kyle Anderson's offer sheet with the Grizzlies. Let's start off with Kawhi Leonard. Obviously, we have dealt with a lot of trouble surrounding Kawhi Leonard as he is no longer happy with the Spurs and the likes of Greg Popovich. Where do you see him landing off? Right now, it's looking at like the Lakers. Um, some like possible trades are Lonzo Ball, um, Luel Deng, Kyle Kuzma. This is according to ESPN. Um, by that, I mean like the Lakers would get Kawhi Leonard, the Spurs would get Lonzo Ball, Luel Deng, and Kyle Kuzma, and the Magic would get Joffrey Laverne, the 2020 Lakers second-round pick, $1.7 million in cash. That's just one of them. I would personally, I wouldn't take that for the Lakers, but um, we also have one with Philadelphia. The 76ers would get Kawhi Leonard and Derek White, who was drafted last season. Spurs would get Robert Covington, Markel Fultz, and future draft picks. Um, not There's no certain draft picks yet, but... Um, All right. Um, well, we looked over two so far. Uh, we did see a lot of news reports surrounding uh, Kawhi Leonard wanting to go to the Lakers, and those rumors were later kind of derailed due to another report saying that the Spurs would disagree on trading Kawhi Leonard to any Western Conference team. So that's why we're considering Eastern Conference trades as a lot bigger in possibility. And it's easy to be excited about the likes of Kawhi Leonard and LeBron James meeting up in L.A., but there is this particular Boston Celtics trade that has gotten a lot of traction, and a lot of people are, you um, know. Yeah, so it would be like, the trade would be Celtics would get Kawhi Leonard, Spurs would get Kyrie Irving and future draft picks. Mm-hmm. And I do like this trade um, for several reasons, because I think it would benefit both teams, like, you know, in big ways. Uh, the Spurs, for example, when they get Kyrie Irving, if they get Kyrie Irving with this trade... Uh, Deontay Murray is the point guard in uh, San Antonio's system right now. And he is um, a decent role player, in my opinion, but he's not necessarily starting caliber, right? Yeah, yeah, so Tony Parker, um, he, of course, wasn't the starter while he was there, but he did move on to... uh, Charlotte. He did go to Charlotte. We will talk about that later in the episode. But there's also reports saying um, Jimmy Butler and Kyrie Irving want to meet up on a team. So like, if they went to the Spurs, that'd be that'd be a really good team with Kyrie Irving yeah. and Jimmy Butler. And Jimmy wouldn't have to worry about much because Danny Green isn't really going to give him a lot yeah. of trouble. Yeah, and especially since it was a legendary coach with Popovich behind him, that'd be that'd be a very good. Uh yeah, I like this actually. They still have Lamarcus Aldridge too. They do have yeah. LaMarcus. They have Pogasol, who is obviously older. Yeah. Um, Jimmy Butler did want to change his scenery, too, actually, because there was this recent report with the Timberwolves. That, with Carl Anthony Towns. And, and Andrew Wiggins that he disagreed with how the young people were, the young people were acting out and their mindset wasn't really as focused as Jimmy would like it to be. So this is something that we could see happen if a couple of you know lucky moves go right for the teams. Yeah. But let's let's discuss um, how the Celtics would change without the likes of Kyrie Irving and with the implementation 
of um, Kawhi, Kawhi Leonard. Leonard. Obviously, there has been links with Kevin Love being traded. Mm-hmm. So if we do see him move on, if he could possibly make it to the Celtics too, we will see a super team, which could possibly contain the likes of Terry, Terry Rozier at the front, which we know that he can be a starting caliber point guard As when we called saw. upon. Yeah, we saw this in the playoffs. We have Gordon Hayward, who's back from his injury. Kai, uh, Kawhi Leonard at yep. small forward. Kevin Love, acquired via trade from the Cavaliers. Al, Al Horford. And Al Horford. So this could Especially be... with the lineup, a bench even with Jason Tatum, mm-hmm. Jalen Brooks. Yeah, I forgot about I mean, Jalen Brown. This could be the likes of an Eastern Conference team that may not be able to compete with the Warriors, but can definitely compete with the Sixers. Mm-hmm. And we did see... Um, Especially if they do re-sign Marcus Smart, too. That'll be just another piece, even. Mm-hmm. And we, we can talk about Marcus Smart later in another episode, because yeah. there is reports of him being very unhealthy, unhappy Happy with the Celtics uh, in the Celtics system. But you never know. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, you know, we, we talk about guards all the time, like Terry Rozier and Kyrie Irving. So, we um, obviously there has been a lot of hype around the um, the prospect from Oklahoma. We all know his name. His name is Trey Young. Trey Young, of course, he uh, was the player of the year for for this college. Yeah, for the college conference he was in for Oklahoma. Led the NCAA in points scored. Didn't get too far in the March Madness tournament, unfortunately. Yeah. But he was originally drafted by the Mavericks and was traded to the Hawks for Luka Doncic and a 2019 first-round pick. And we got to see him in the Summer League recently. And surprise, surprise. Yeah, he, he looked very shaky. Like, he would shoot. Like, the sh- shots he would shoot in Oklahoma, I just don't think that goes well for a rookie in the NBA. Yeah, and we, we could make predictions with his shot selection and his poor shot IQ in college because we saw him taking these absurd Curry-like shots. Yeah. And they would go in and we're like, you know, you can take a hundred of those. You're, you're not going to make a lot of them. Mm-hmm. And we saw him take those exact same shots in, in the summer league. And Yes. Yeah, what were some statistics that derived from that? Well, I think he went one for 11 from three in one game. Is that right? He, he literally went three for 16 in, with the Hawks losing, and he got into an argument with... Um, Grayson Allen. Mr. Trippy. Yeah, <laughs> which that's not a good way for Grayson Allen either to start off the um, his summer summer league. Well, he did clamp up Trey Young, so I that's gotta, true. I got to give him props for that. But um, you know, some people are worried about it. Some people are quick to call him a bust, and we saw this. I, I don't think you can call someone a bust till at least their third year. Yeah, I mean, uh, we will talk about this later with our 2015 draft bust steals and best players out of the out of the class, but um, we did see a lot of struggles from Trey Young. Uh, we're pulling up the stats right now. He did sh- um, shoot four, 5 of 29 from the field, um, but Grayson Allen that one game did have a major impact with 6 rebounds and 3 steals and 8 assists. Yeah, I feel like Grayson Allen might be a potential steal for the yeah. Utah Jazz. I don't, he- think, I don't think he'll be like superstar but i feel like he'll be he'll be a really good player or a decent player he did have a bad reputation at duke of course which yeah. did ruin his draft stock due to um, tripping yes his his intentional he was, that boy was tripping bro he was tripping man yeah. straight tripping <laughs> but uh yeah i wouldn't worry too much about trey young as a lot of atlanta fans are doing because we had this same um 
We had the same journey with Lonzo Ball last year. He had yeah. a really horrendous. First I feel game. like people are still calling him a bust, but like when you look at his numbers in the time that he did play when he wasn't injured, he did do pretty good. Yeah, uh, Lonzo of course has to improve on his scoring. Yeah, so, and he needs to. Uh, his dad needs to chill out a little bit. His, I think. his dad, yeah, he's. We're we're getting off topic here. The point yeah. is, you shouldn't worry about Trey Young not just, yet, not just yet. because of his performances. It is the summer league. And you can't expect rookies to not adjust well at the NBA level straight out of college, especially with the success Trey Young had. I'm saying this right now. One year, next year, next year, see him, he's going to be better. If he's in summer league next year, he's going to be way better than right now. Um, He just, his shooting right now, he's going from college to the NBA. And going from college, shooting those shots against being on Oklahoma, you're, you're versing teams that are not as good. But when you get in the NBA, you're going to be playing teams like the Cavs, the Warriors. So it's going to be a lot harder. Mm-hmm. And we do know that Dennis Schroeder is asking for a trade. Yeah. And the Hawks don't want to pay him all that money that they signed him on to last year. So Trey Young could see a lot of minutes early on in his career. And it could be either bad or good. It depends how he takes on the minutes. How he adjusts. Yeah, so... He can be one of those players who gets a lot of minutes but kind of struggles under the constant pressure and the constant mm-hmm. impact that's expected of him. So he could fall apart quickly or he could use the minutes and actually become something <clears throat> great out of that and quickly develop an impact and become maybe rookie of the year. We do see a lot of interesting First prospects. team rookie? Who, who knows? Yeah, it's, it's pretty much a coin flip at this point, like a toss-up. You roll the dice, see which number you land on. Yeah. But, um... Zach Levine. Yeah, we talked We talked about um, over overpaid guards earlier with Dennis Schroeder. And uh, the Bulls have an interesting decision to make now, don't they? Yeah. Zach Levine just signed a four-year, $80 million contract with the Kings. Uh-huh, but he is a restricted free agent. So they can match the offer. The Bulls can match the offer. Um, Do you think they will? I don't think they will because, first off, if, if they wanted Zach Levine, I think they would have offered him by now. And he mm-hmm. did say that he was kind of um, he was kind of mad that the Bulls didn't offer him a contract before the Kings. Um, uh, Actually, we just got recent news, coincidentally, that the Bulls will match the Kings' <laughs> $80 million offer <laughs> per Aaron Wojnarowski or how, however the fuck you say his last name. But, God damn um, Yes, yeah, I'm so, actually surprised. I didn't, yeah. did. you think the Bulls would? I didn't. We're think We're so. 12 minutes into our first podcast, and you're already making bad decisions. Well, honestly, I think if the Kings did get Zach Levine, that would be a lot. The Kings, honestly, they're a terrible team. I'm gonna be straight honest with you. They did draft a lot of good people in Gary Trent Jr. and Marvin Bagley. Uh huh. With and a, Aaron Fox. Yeah, with another young talent like Zach Levine coming back in, bringing a lot of hype with him. Yeah, I do think if they would sign Zach Levine, it would be an interesting backcourt. Yeah, and, Darren Fox, Zach Levine. But Zach Levine isn't that tall of a guard, is he? Six foot five, I think. Six foot Six five. Six foot five. Um, uh, you know, shooting guards, especially, there's a lot more physical demands at this level of basketball. So it could be, the Kings probably would have run a smaller ball type of thing. In their, you know, they do have positions. a real. They they have a really young starting in there, and their bench is really yeah, young. They, they have, have Frank Mason, Justin Jackson, Willie Cauley Stein, Harry they, yeah, Harry Giles. They did get um. They have Zach Randolph still as a veteran, and uh, we could. 
possibly see Marvin Bagley under um, Zach Randolph's wing, and he mm-hmm. could eventually be groomed into one of the... I feel like if the Kings got him, that'd be a lot of... That'd be help. That'd help a lot. Yeah. But moving on to Tony Parker. Tony Parker. Tony freaking Parker. That guy was amazing. Five rings with the Spurs. And he, he just decided to leave to go to the Hornets, which I feel had to be a hard decision. Going to the Hornets, especially. Well, Tony Parker had a lot of heartbreak in his career already. He did miss out on... He did miss out on a couple rings due to LeBron James' dynasty in the yes. Heat, which is arguably the first super team that we've seen in the century, in our current century. And now it's just it's it's too much, it's too much, too many super teams right now. I think. Uh, yeah, Tony Parker, of course, spent seventeen seasons, his first seventeen seasons, with the Sacramento Spurs, not the Sacramento Spurs, the San Antonio <laughs> Spurs. Coming in as a rookie at age 19 in 2001, 2002 season. He, he, until 2010, he played a lot of games, I think. Yeah, he uh, he's did really well to stay. Injuries have now, they've started since 2011 and 12. They've started to deteriorate his career. But before that, he was a really healthy person, I a think. A six-time All-Star. He played uh, beside the likes of David Robinson, Tim Duncan, and Manu Ginobili. Uh, he's... Him and Popovich, they were close, man. But earlier, earlier on uh, last season or this season, I can't really remember. He um, was popularly uh, benched for Deontay Murray due mm-hmm. to his falling off and him not really adjusting to the fast style of play. Uh, you know, he can usually he would be able to euro step his way around any type of problem that he would come across. But you know, his age has come up, uh, caught up with him. He's thirty five years old. And he should be glad that he's still able to garner ten million dollars. In my eyes, he's still—he's actually—he's probably worth the money that he is getting. I think. I think so. He's—he's he's not like what—he's not as good, but he's not bad anymore. Mm-hmm. So uh, now we know that uh, he won't—he probably won't start again in his career. Yeah. I in my eyes, I don't see why he went to the Hornets though. No. Because just a bench again. Yeah, I understand that. Staying on the topic of Spurs-related news, we have recently gained information that Kyle Anderson accepted a $37 million four-year offer sheet with the Memphis Grizzlies. Yeah, um, looking at his stats from, he's been playing four years, he's going into his fifth year right now mm-hmm. with the Spurs, oh, fourth year with the fourth year. Yeah. Um, his first year, his rookie year, he averaged 2.2 points per game. Ouch. Yeah, and it didn't get that much better. His second year, he said, okay, I'll get two more points per game. 4.5, next year 3.4, and then his breakout season, 7.9 points per game. Uh, Well, we do know that Kawhi Leonard's not going to be on the Spurs next year. Or so I, would, I honestly would have kept him just because if Kawhi's not this, there. Yeah, I think the Spurs should match the offer sheet because Kyle Anderson can run the offense, which, which is a unique talent that he has while also being able to play the three or the four spot. Yeah. Of course, you don't want to pay a player like Kyle Anderson, no offense to him, $37 million over four years. So it is an, another uncomfortable spot for the Spurs to deal with. But I feel like that's something they have to do. What do you think? I think about the same thing. He, he's he's averaging 26.7 minutes per game his last year, and he put up 7.9 points per game. Like, that's not that much. 5.4 rebounds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just I just don't see why he got all that money. I guess it is the modern day NBA when teams have so much money to spend. Mm-hmm. So he I guess he played seventy four games, 
His rookie season, he only played 33, but it went, moved up to 78, 72, 74. So he is fairly healthy in my head. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's why, just to play good bench role, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Okay, moving on, you guys, to who I honestly... 2015, that's three years ago in the draft, so you can probably consider an NBA prospect or NBA player a bust by now. And it, it is something that is uh, still debated you know, when we yeah. talk he about... He could, he could somehow, maybe, if he finds the right team, just do good. But anyways, um, my bust is Jaleel Okafor, the third pick in the draft to the 76ers. Um, he's a 6'11". Right now, he's 22 years old, but uh, he went to Duke. He, what pick was he? Um, the third. Third? Yeah. <clears throat> but his stats, honestly, aren't that bad, like, this past few years, but for... He's just, it's just not fitting into what he should be. Yeah, uh, we talk about, you know, popular top three picks who at the time seemed like maybe misfits and people were kind of worried about that and they had a right to be worried. For example, it was the 2012 or 2013 NBA draft where Michael Kidd Gilchrist was drafted to the Charlotte Bobcats and there was a lot expected from him, but as a forward who couldn't shoot to save his life, but as With a that huge weirdo form, right. yeah, and he had a huge, he was a huge defensive asset, but he was a liability on offense. He did turn out to be considered a bust. He is still playing with the same team. I don't think he's a bust in my head, honestly. You don't think he's no. a bust? No. Well, well, that's that's a, that's a debate for another episode. Yeah. But I think Jaleel Okafor is kind of drawing parallels to my yeah. Good go like first. looking at his numbers for how many minutes he played. If they're not bad, I guess it depends on the way you look at it. Playing for the Nets this season, he played twenty six games, twelve point six minutes, six point four points in those twelve minutes. 2.9 rebounds. For a center, you should easily get two, more than 2.9 rebounds. But yeah. So technically, you got three. But bef- the season before that with the 76ers, the, my, my man's played two games, mm-hmm. 12.5, re- ugh, 12.5 minutes, um, 5 points, and 4.5 rebounds. Okay. For my bust, I chose Frank the Tank out of Wisconsin with the ninth pick to the Charlotte Hornets. Ironically, also the team that Michael Kidd Gilchrist plays on. But he came into the league at age 22, played all 81 games. He never really had an issue with um, injuries. And he did start a couple games last year, 16 in fact. But I don't see him playing as what's expected to be the standard for a top 10 pick. Yeah, or for what he should have been, I guess. He is playing bench role to... Um, Marvin Williams. Marvin Williams, right, yeah. Uh, He did come into the league with his first two seasons as a center. He did switch over to power forward in his his more his most recent year, but um, yeah, I don't see him improving as of now. His ceiling is relatively low as long as he stays in his bench role. He is getting enough minutes to be uh, somewhat of an important asset in the uh, Charlotte rotation, averaging around 11 points per game. But right now, that's how I see him. There isn't that many busts of the 2015 draft class, as far as um, we're concerned. But I do see Kaminsky as one... Are you kidding me? One... No, um, uh, sorry to say this, guys. I just had to interrupt him for a second. Um, there's a lot of busts in the first 10, I could say. Well, I didn't mean... I meant bust not as obvious as Kaminsky could have been. 
You look you look at, you know, just This was just honestly, the first two picks were decent and then after that, Devin Booker and then that's pretty much it. Everyone else is like unknown. <laughs> look, you don't need a lot of brain cells to call Mario Hazonia a bust. Top five pick, averaging around five points per game. Same that's with no same with Carl Anthony Downs. He's a bust. Nah, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But you can say the same about Justice Winslow, maybe. Like, you think so a little bit, maybe? Justice Winslow, wasn't he just injured? No, no, I just he's just not doing that much right now. Like he's in the court and he's averaging. He's averaging numbers, but he's not averaging good enough. Like, he's averaging right now 7.5 points per game. Okay, well, look, it's easy to call someone a bust, but what it really comes down to are those important steals in the NBA draft. So who do you think are some of the steals, some of the some of the NBA GMs that really shined and um, picked uh, a player? It, it depends. Right now, honestly, I could say with the 27th pick, you could say Larry Nance Jr. Because, How so? Because this kid... He's not like he's doing. He's not averaging that good of numbers, uh-huh. but he's doing a good part for his team. Like I mean, yeah, you do see him on Bleacher Report with the highlights and his impressive dunks and everything. Like when you look at his numbers, they're not high numbers, but they're good numbers. For what, what do you he, mean? By good numbers, by he's putting up good points. He's doing a lot on defense. What pick was he? The twenty seventh pick in the first 27th? round. Twenty seventh. Yeah, like this last year, he averaged nine points, fifty five percent. Seven rebounds, one assist, one steal, and a block. Well, I think if you are picked outside of the top 15 picks, it's a struggle to just remain relevant in the league. Yeah. Not even, like, not even just maintaining a spot in the rotation. or Just even people being... knowing you, pretty much, in general. Yeah, like, you think about it, it's so hard to be in the league. I feel like if Larry Nance wasn't Larry Nance, like his dad being Larry Nance, yeah. I think he'd be a little worse, but honestly... Um, just being at 25 years old, only getting a million dollars, I feel when his contract's up, coming up next, it could be around teens, the teens. I feel like it could be in the teens, especially with a rebuilding Cavaliers. Oh, yeah. He could He could, he could be, be a, a big part to that. And Kevin Love is supposed to be yeah. traded. And then, and then, like, imagine that uh, good Colin Sexton, if he's good, Larry Nance Jr., uh-huh. Jordan Clarkson, Henny, um, uh... Um, J.R. Smith, uh, Tristan Thompson, that seems like a decent lineup if they're all good, or they all go, they all do good. I disagree with that. You disagree? I think that it's total. that's... Well, you, you think about it, Jordan Clarkson, Colin Sexton, Larry Nance, J.R. Smith, and Tristan Thompson, they all seem like really good role players, but if you think about starting caliber, I think the Cavs are going to digress to pre-LeBron. While he was at the Heat and Kyrie Irving was the only good player there, I think that the Cavs are. I don't even think they're going to make the playoffs next year. I know they won't. I'm just saying this is a good rebuilding team. That's All what right. I'm saying. Um, as I chose um a bit more of a popular steal, and I wouldn't have chose this if it wasn't for his production in the playoffs due to Kyrie's injury, but Terry Rozier he went, um. Terry Rozier, he was the 16th pick in the 2015 NBA draft out of Louisville. And he didn't make an impact in his freshman and sophomore seasons in the league, averaging 1.8 and 5.5 points respectively during that time. He um, he didn't play a lot of games at all in his uh, rookie year. And he didn't start a single game until um, this season. He started 16 uh, all of them were while Kyrie Irving was 
injured or coming off an injury. And he really thrived in those moments, uh, especially during the playoffs when it wasn't expected the Celtics would do much when Kyrie Irving was confirmed to be out for the season. And when Gordon Hayward's season prematurely ended five minutes into his tenure with the Celtics. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, Scary Terry really made a name for himself, and um, it seems like he has a pretty bright future. Do you think he'll him. stay with the Boston one time? Uh, he would be a really decent six-man off the bench. It, I think, honestly, it depends on if, like, the Kawhi thing that we went back to in the Kyrie Irving, if Kawhi does get traded for Kyrie Irving, then Terry will have a better we did talk about the potential starting lineup if that trade does go through with terry rozier um being at the front court of that supposed super team with kevin love uh Kawhi, al horford and gordon hayward especially with jason tatum like and jason tatum coming off Jaylen the bench Brown, Brown. or playing at power forward yeah but moving on i think now moving on to the best player in that draft in my opinion was devin booker who in his rookie season you could tell it was going to have an impact. He averaged 13.8 points per game. Uh, he 27 minutes played. He's really healthy dude, it seems like, other than this last season, kind of, 54 games. But he went from 13 points to 22 points to 24 points. Um, uh, he le- recently, I think they're closing in on the deal right now, actually, is signing a max contract, a five-year, $158 million deal. That's a lot of money for a young dude his age. Um uh, yeah, of course, Suns fans were worried earlier on when there was a report saying that Devin Booker was upset with the Suns front office yeah. for releasing his best friend, Tyler Eulis. And, um, you know, it's all it's all it's it's part of the business. I think that was a bad move, honestly. I think that Tyler Eulis was a pretty good bench player, but... It could be considered a test for Devin Booker, too, seeing how loyal he is to yeah. the Suns and seeing that you can't just stick to your best friends when you get into a league. Well, like it looks like NBA. he's being pretty, pretty loyal if he's signing a five-year, $158 million deal, but who wouldn't let's, say yes to that? Yeah, let's talk about loyalty for a second and how we see it in foreign players. Dirk Nowitzki, of course, being with the Mavs for over 20 years and going to his 40s, and we see somewhat of a reincarnation of Dirk Nowitzki in Kristaps Porzingis. This guy came in to the 2015 NBA draft. Getting booed. Getting booed by stupid New York fans. Which, um, by the way, they do that to Kevin Knox uh, on the draft. So, who knows? Okay. But did Kevin Knox put in the impact that Kristaps Porzingis put into the New York Knicks. Yeah, but Kevin Knox is also a rookie. A popular Rookie of the Year candidate in his rookie season. (laughs) Kristaps Porzingis uh, started all 72 games at the power forward spot, averaging 14.3 points, and only went up from there, starting in every single game that he's played for the Knicks, going up a steady four points each year from 14.3 to 18.1, and then last season to twenty two point seven, we are uh, we are seeing a problem with injuries. However, he's never played uh, a full season in the NBA, and he's currently recovering from surgery to repair a torn ACL in his left knee. That's his, not a good injury. He's not expected to return until sometime in February, but he's a really tough player, and I can definitely see him coming back from this one. Yeah. Speaking of free agents, um, there's Clint Capella for the Rockets right now, who's li- who's on a salary of $1.1 million. He's worth a lot more than that, yeah, as we've saw but, this um, season. I can see him maybe going to the Lakers. 
the Lakers. Yeah, but... But Brooke Lopez is so good. <laughs> okay, anyways. Um, he's matured a lot from his rookie year. From his rookie year, he played 12 games where he played um, 7.5 points. I mean, 7.5 minutes. And he went to score 2.7 points, shooting 48%. Uh, next year, 19 minutes, 7 points. Next year, 23 minutes, 12 points. I remember uh, his trade from the... Clippers to the Rockets back when he was still a rookie and he was one of those uh, dumped off players you know the Rockets offered four players for this one Uh, but honestly I don't see anyone giving him a max deal why I don't I I see why you could but I feel like sign a short-term deal just to see if he is worth it well the the guy's 23 and he's already shown like very yeah. promising signs and he could be a um, like looking at it right now he is an easily easy steal from the 2014 draft where he was picked the 25th pick no doubt that's at least what i think is the best free agent so who do you think is well obviously um the lakers signed rajon rondo mm-hmm. as well as lebron james and Javel McGee and Lance Stevenson yeah that's but, a good squad all right uh Isaiah Thomas was, of course, known as Mr. Fourth Quarter back during the Celtics, and he had a really good season. He was an all-star, and he was used as one of the big pieces in the Kyrie Irving trade to the Cavs. Now he is on the Lakers through a bad stint with the Cavaliers and was eventually traded for the likes of Jordan Clarkson, Larry Nance, and other other picks. He came with Channing Frye, too. He did, but who cares about Channing Frye? True. So Isaiah Thomas now finds himself competing for a spot with Lonzo Ball and Rajon Rondo for the Lakers, and he is an unrestricted free agent. So I don't see him signing back with the Lakers, actually. I do not either, especially after um, signing uh, Rajon Rondo. Yep. Um, uh, I think he's going to go to the Orlando Magic, personally, because the Orlando Magic have a lot of draft ca- uh, capital to offer him. Evan Fournier is set to become a restricted free agent, but they can always uh, match the offer sheet for him. He's their best player along with Nikola Vucevic. And Aaron Gordon, they also recently signed Mohamed Bamba. So I feel like with Isaiah Thomas as, um, or maybe their primary score just in general, as well as a very young uh, front court. They, they could do wonders eventually. Mm-hmm. What do you think? I think about the same thing. Uh, maybe Bismack Biombo be gone because he has a really, really big contract of yeah. $17 million. And he's been a liability for the Magic, too. Yeah. Well, as for topics go, that's pretty much all we have to discuss today. Thank you for spending your time with us. Please give us a follow on our Instagram and Twitter at Ice Handle Podcast. And as for everything else, thank you and have a good night.